Hey y'all, it's I. I just wanted to stop by and say episode two went great. However, I did have some technical difficulties. The mic I use is an inexpensive one, but it gets the job done, so that's why I use it. There were a couple of moments of static throughout the episode. Not too many. I, I don't think it's distracting, and hopefully you won't either. So enjoy. Thanks for listening. You know that tomorrow I'm also like this only one more second left for this hustle. Hey, hey, it's Sai. I'm your host of Let's Grab Drinks. Welcome back. This is episode number two. If you are tuning in for the very first time, a little bit about the show and about me. I'm a business owner, entrepreneur, a career coach, business consultant, uh, and I've been in corporate America for about 13 years. And so people often ask me if they can pick my brain over drinks. And so I created this podcast where I can have a couple glasses and talk business to a larger audience. So yeah, that's, that's Let's Grab Drinks. And on this episode, I am drinking a Chardonnay by Quell Oak. And I'll explain a little later why I have this bottle. It's a little bit on the lower end, but there's a reason. And I'll talk about it a little later. And uh, just uh, for the run of our show, of course, we'll have our small business shout-outs, our big business news, we'll get into the motivational song, and uh, we'll also have our chat, we'll talk about um, toolbox tips, and then uh, word of the week, and we'll, we'll call, it a, call it a show. So, uh, actually, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the motivational song right now, and then when we come back, we'll get started. All right. motivational song that one is bruno mars perm it gets me hype it's a little you know fun so i love that song to get me kind of in my zone and so now i'm ready let's kick the show off with our small business shout out so over this past weekend at a birthday party my birthday is in january on january 1st and uh, i had a dinner party and my friend and i we had a joint one and we had cupcakes and she made the suggestion to go to a local business that, and we live here in the DC area to go to a local business called Pretty Girl Cupcakery. And oh my God, it was so good. And we were actually in our group chat talking about it a couple of, uh, a couple of hours ago because everyone's still raving about it. And that was over the weekend and it's, uh, it's days later. So Pretty Girl Cupcakery, you can find their website if you are in the DC area at pgcupcakery.com. They are on Facebook. They're also on Twitter. 
you can order for parties, events. You can order just as a one-off. But it is owned by a woman, and she's also a black woman. So that's really amazing. She started off in entrepreneur. I'm sorry, in real estate, and made the transition after she realized, you know what, I really want to follow my dreams and do something that I've really been wanting to do. And um, she started this, this cupcakery. And so now they're at the National Harbor, which is an amazing spot. And someone who is, you know, really into shopping and all of, and dining, it's the ideal spot because there's nothing but restaurants and hotels and just wonderful things over there. So it's an amazing amazing spot for her to be in so shout out to her her cupcakes are amazing i will be returning if you are in the dc area or you have a friend in the dc area and you like cupcakes i recommend going there so support your small businesses cupcake uh pgcupcakery.com is where you can find pretty girl cupcakes so uh that's the small business shout out and now i'm going to move into uh, some big business news. Some of it's big business. Some of it's just very trending. And, uh, but all of it ties into the topic that I want to talk about. And, uh, so let's, let's jump into the big business thing first. And so, uh, for those of you who follow sports at all, LeVar Ball, who is the father of three basketball players who have been in the news there, you know, so on and so forth. I won't really get into it. But LeVar Ball, his sons play basketball, and he's been notoriously um, sort of like a helicopter dad and managing their brand. And so he's made the Big Baller brand, which is um, a line of apparel for athletic gear and they are they're in some heat. So first things first, they're being sued by their apparel uh, company for not paying over twenty five thousand dollars for their hats and shirts and things that have been printed. So that's one. So they're already not doing well with the B two B. And then on the B two C side, they just received a big fat F from the Better Business Bureau. So for those of you who don't know, the Better Business Bureau or the BBB is sort of the place where all of businesses are rated and they're sort of held to task. And so they received an F, which is obviously the lowest rating. It, it It's... And it's not because people are just complaining here and there. They have 44 complaints of orders not being delivered, orders that are incorrect, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, they are in need of a facelift. And uh, let me just pull up something from the Washington Post that talks a little bit about what happened here. Okay, so here from the Washington Post, it's saying that the... Actual Better Business Bureau has reached out. They haven't heard anything back to talk about these claims. Um, they've been trying to do this. It's been since November and December of them trying to help resolve the issues on behalf of the consumers who filed the complaints. But as of now, they've received nothing. And one of the things that has happened is that LeVar Ball, not directly to the BBB, but they've, he reached out in a text message to ESPN's Darren uh, Rovell about how the BBB is outdated as the yellow pages and who cares about them. They're using Yelp as their ideal space to get their feedback. And I looked on Yelp. They don't have anything there either. So if you're going to talk about how Yelp has replaced the BBB, 
that indicates that you're doing a lot better on Yelp. So they don't have anything on Yelp. They're doing really, really poorly on the BBB and they're being sued by their vendors. And so all around the board, they're not doing well there. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's our topic for that. Moving on to Treat Lady. The Treat Lady debacle is something that's happened on Facebook that's unfolded. There was a woman, unfortunately, it's a really sad story, but uh, there's a woman who had a, a daughter who was turning one. She wanted to have a birthday party, and so she reached out to a woman to do treats and to also plan this event, and that turned into great. Give me a deposit. The deposit's $300, $350. A week later, the woman's mother reached out to the event planner saying that unfortunately her daughter, her granddaughter and that baby's father had all been murdered in their home and so obviously the party wasn't going to happen and because they were planning a triple funeral they were going to need a refund on the non-refundable deposit to pay for some of the expenses to which the event planner responded well I'm sorry the deposit was non-refundable and your daughter knew that Mind you, she's referring to the daughter that is now dead along with her fiance and her one-year-old's, her one-year-old baby girl. So there's been a huge debacle over whether or not the vendor is right or the mom is right because Obviously, shortly after, this turned into a bigger situation where the mother decided to put this information on social media after the the vendor blocked her. And apparently the vendor blocked her from seeing any more or communicating with her anymore via Facebook because after they came to the agreement that the money was not going to be refunded, the next best thing was to offer services in their place, and they couldn't come to an agreement on said services. And so as a result, it was, are you going to do this for $350 worth? No, it's going to be for $140. They couldn't come to an agreement. Block. Mom gets mad. Mom blasts it on Facebook. Everybody and their mother sees it, and then all of a sudden it's this huge, huge deal. It's made the news and everywhere else. And so I want to talk about this particularly because I understand the plight of a business owner and being able to say, I need this money to feed my family or pay for services and goods to administer the service that I'm supposed to administer for you. So that's why these non-refundable deposits are placed are put in place. However, there are circumstances where being human has to come before you being a business owner because you have to manage your reputation. And in this woman's case, sticking to her guns because rightfully so she might have been stuck in the past before because someone, you know, stiffed her on a check or a payment or what have you. But that cost her her reputation. And so you have to be very cognizant when you're making decisions. Will this affect me in the long term? And in this case, it absolutely did because her business is ruined. Her real name's out there. Her business name's out there. And so I'm, I'm not going to say she can't come back from it. However, I'm positive there are going to be people, there are going to be people who think twice about working with her, and there are also going to be employers that think twice about hiring her if she does have to go back to be a nine-to-five full-time employee. And so when you're creating these business practices, keep in mind the human aspect has to be there if you want to maintain a, a long-standing business and not just for the moment that's one thing, especially if you have where it's a triple homicide. 
Okay, so that's that topic. Moving on to our third and final big business news topic. Um, H&M, come close. Come real, real close. I need y'all to hear everything I'm about to say. What the hell happened? Are y'all out of your minds, like, all the way? So for those of you who don't know what's going on with H&M, H&M recently put out an ad with a little black boy in a green graphic hoodie. Said graphics on the hoodie are, are typeface that say, Coolest Monkey in the Jungle. Now, let that sit. Little black boy, sweatshirt that says, Coolest Monkey in the Jungle. For those of you who don't know how, I don't know, but for those of you who don't know, the term monkey to describe a black person especially a black child, is and always has been racist. And it has been racist for years and years and decades and decades and almost centuries. For It is not new. And if for somehow, some way, you didn't learn that in school or see that in, in your history classes, for the past eight years that Barack Obama and Michelle Obama were former president and first lady. They were consistently called a monkey, gorilla, ape. And the reason why it's racist is because it has been used to describe black people as subhuman, less than. That's why it's racist. And so when you, as a big company like H&M, put something out there for the world to consume, it is safe to assume that that's how you feel. H&M is a large global company. And so they I would love to believe that they have people from all walks of life working in those offices. Whether they are higher level, lower level, mid-level, utilize those people. They need to be in the room when there's creation happening because this is it's 2018. This shouldn't still be happening. Y'all need diversity training. And furthermore, yes, you absolutely deserve a boycott. And for those people who have the idea that we shouldn't be blaming H&M because the mom and the dad or the parents or the guardians let the little boy do it, fair. But keep in mind that when you are a business and a global business at that, when you put information out there for the world to consume, you are putting your reputation out there, which means you are standing by everything that you say, do, or present. So if I say something crazy on this show, it would be safe for you all to presume that I mean what I said, and I stand by the content that I put out there. And so, for a company that's like H&M, where you're advertising and representation matters, and so you're putting a little black boy in there to say, hey, parents of little black boys, see your child in this space. You're trying to get me to spend money. You're trying to benefit from my dollars. And yes, it is up to us black people as a community to say, um, no, you can't have my dollars because you're not going to represent me that way. I don't agree with being degraded for dollars. And so that being said, H&M, get your shit together. Diversity training is a click away. I'm sure you, you have people of color or at least woke people around you ask have those conversations with your advertising department and your staff members of other departments because input can come from anywhere. And next time, 
I would think twice about putting something out there like that. These are, this is, this is no, there's no excuse for this. There's absolutely no excuse for this whatsoever. So that's H&M. So I'm going to pour another drink because I'm all angry and bothered. And then we'll get into our, our topic that we're going to talk about. And it's customer service. So pour another drink and then afterwards we'll get started. So, uh, in seven tips, we're going to run through some quick customer service so I can keep the episode as close to 30 minutes as possible since that's what I promised. Uh, tip one, hire the right people. When you hire people, treat them well because they are your brand advocates. If you hire people who don't believe in your product and your brand, then that will translate into your customers. Think about how many times you've gone, ladies, into a makeup store and you see the girl with the jacked up eyebrows and a messed up blush. Oh, no, I'm just looking. I don't need your help. No, no, no. So, yeah, you want to hire people who believe in your brand and they can be your brand advocates. So hire the right people. Uh Correctly managing the customer expectations. That is my second tip. You have to make sure that your customers know what to expect from you. If they expect the world and you can't offer them the world, then don't. Let them know, hey, this is what we do and this is how we do things. And let them know they can expect X, Y, and Z and you are not a unicorn. You don't poop magic. Unless that's your business, then by all means go for it. But correctly managing those expectations can make all the difference from a disgruntled customer versus a happy one. Tip three, your first impression matters like a mother. And I don't mean just a really firm handshake, a smile, and a nice crisp white shirt. That's important, but in today's day and age where you have so many people who are meeting you, quote-unquote, for the first time, it's over the Internet, your tone and your grammar matters. I recently had an experience, and I'll get into that on another episode, but the person was short and sort of snarky and because her tone and her grammar were off we just couldn't see eye to eye and I took my business elsewhere and she lost out on hundreds of dollars because I didn't I didn't I didn't mesh well we didn't gel well so your first impressions matter um, you need to also make sure that you're accessible if you are saying that this is how you can reach me via X, Y, and Z channel, then be available via X, Y, and Z channel because if I'm trying to get to you, I'm trying to make a purchase or set up a service and, and I can't, that's a part of your first impression. And so, yeah, your first impression is is a whole lot. Uh, don't argue with your customers either. That's a given, but don't do that. <laughs> it's it's a part of your first impression. If you can't come to terms on a price or whatever that might be, just, you know, politely, okay, got it, understand, because you never know how far recommendations can go. Word of mouth is powerful. Number four, uh, collect the right data. So if you have customers that are returning, ask for their feedback. That is the best way for you to be able to determine what's working, what's not working, and how to attract more customers. If you see the same thing pop up over and over and over again, or you have to continue to address the same problem over and over and over again, it might be you. So if you're collecting that data, you can make those decisions. And collecting that data also helps you to retain customers, which gets me into my next 
tip, tip number five, in personalizing it. Um, these people don't know you, and so you, but it is your job to know them. And so as you start to get to know your customers, ask those questions, getting feedback like, okay, you know, this is your birthday. You like this. You don't like that. And it goes a long way because I can't tell you how many times I've I've felt offended where I've been a customer and somebody treated me like just another, you know, whatever. Uh, in fact, not that long ago, I got my hair done by somebody. Uh, this was back over the summer. And uh, six weeks later, I went back to go get my hair done again. And mind you, the first time we had a whole lot of hiccups and we rocked it out together. And so when I went back, she didn't even remember me. And I'm like, girl, I spent two days in your chair and you don't remember me? Really? Okay. And I didn't go back. I found somebody else to do my hair this next go around. And so it makes a difference. People don't want to feel like a transaction. People want to feel like they are a customer. Uh, number six, be where the customers are. If you are on Twitter, but your customers are on Facebook, then that's where you need to be. If you are out and about making networking happen at the club, but your customers are at the library, that's where you need to be. You have to be where the customers are. Yeah, so, you know. Uh, and finally, number seven. This was my favorite. It is be the customer. And what I mean by be the customer is you have to think like you are a customer. What do you want? What, how do you want to be treated? What kind of conversations do you want to have? You don't want to be manhandled, so don't manhandle your customers. And again, they don't know you. So you have to, you have the advantage of knowing your business and being able to say, okay, this is what I want. This is how I want to do it. So be the customer. Place your own order. See what it looks like. See how that feels. See what that transaction is like. And really get into what's going on. And another facet of be the customer, that old adage of the customer's always right. Yeah, ignore that. It's not that the customer is always right. The customer is always the customer. So if you run a restaurant and I come to your restaurant and I say, I want to have my salmon cooked medium and you come out and you bring me a salmon that is cooked medium to perfection. And I tell you, oh, this is undercooked. Do not argue me down and tell me how it's medium and bring out your pamphlets and your guides and all that kind of stuff. Unless it's a health issue. But as a general rule of thumb, don't argue with me. What you can and should say is, oh, okay, ma'am. Well, how would you like it? And I may tell you to burn it to a crisp. And you and the chef can go in the back and kiki and laugh and giggle and talk about how I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But... When you bring it back, it better be exactly what I ask, and I'll be happy and smiling. And guess what? I'm going to return, and that's what you want. At the end of the day, you have to realize that you are not the only one. The same way I said I had an issue with the girl and we couldn't get along over the text messages and the communication that we had over the phone before I rendered her services, I found somebody else the same day, the same hour. So... Keep in mind that your services might be great, but there's somebody who is more talented, someone who is cheaper, more accessible. You're not the only one. So be the customer and really get involved and see what that process is like, because the last thing you want is for somebody to walk away with a bad taste in their mouth and tell all their friends. Because when I tell you, I told all of my friends, sent all the screenshots. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. She will not be getting any business from my group. So keep those things in mind. Those are my seven tips for great customer service for you business owners. And just a quick bonus one for those of you who have customer service conflict with a business and you want to resolve it. Um, you can catch more flies with honey instead of vinegar. I cannot tell you how many problems I have solved when I've been out with groups of friends by simply just being like, hey, you know, if the manager available, uh, we, I just want to make sure this gets taken care of. And I talk to them and I don't do a whole show in front of everybody. And they respect that. And I tell them, I understand where you're coming from, but this is my issue. And we fix it and it's all good. So, all right, let's uh, get into my toolbox. That sounds real nasty. <laughs> toolbox tips. I don't just mean my toolbox. But anyway, um, my toolbox tips this week is actually a little different. Recipes. Uh, meal prepping can help you save so much time if you are running a business or working a nine-to-five or you're just busy. Meal prepping can change everything. So earlier in the episode, in the show, I mentioned that I was drinking a Chardonnay a lower grade for a reason. So I used that in my recipe, and then, of course, I drank the rest. So this recipe is so easy, game changer. It is a stuffed shell, and it sounds amazing, and I'll walk you guys through it, and then I'll put the recipe and package it up really nicely so that way you guys can make it at home. But basically what I did was I took some stuffed shells, the jumbo ones, and you boil them for about seven minutes until they're mostly cooked, and then I took um, some ricotta and one egg, some frozen spinach, I chopped up some shrimp, and tossed it all in there, nice mix, put some, oh, and put like a, a mix of uh, Italian cheeses, mix it, mix it, mix it, and then go ahead and take that, that mixture and put it inside those stuffed shells. And then from there, you take a, a butter and a, a heavy cream and a Chardonnay, and you, you get that, make it into a sauce, and you mix it, mix it, mix it, and you pour that over top of those stuffed shells, and um, in my case, I used a box ready-made um, risotto that I put at the bottom of it to make it more like a casserole, and covered it up, put it in the oven for about 20 minutes, popped it out, perfect, ready to go, sprinkled some parsley on it, took that, <clears throat> took the reserve sauce that I had left over, and sprinkled that over, a little extra cheese, boom, I had meals every day for, I think, three days, and it was so easy, and it was it was a full meal, and it was perfect, it, it had everything, it was filling, and it was quick and easy, and it lasted, so I will definitely include that recipe uh, in there, and I, I just used a cheap wine. Um, so that made it easy to make, to, to prepare this meal and kind of take it to the next level by having that Chardonnay in there. So that's my toolbox tip. It is a recipe and I hope you guys enjoy it. And like I said, I'll, I'll put the, um, I'll put the uh, recipe into a nice PDF and uh, share that with you guys. And speaking of PDFs, if you haven't had the opportunity to check out the last PDF, if you're looking to start an LLC and you don't really know where to start and you really want to start a business, that is a great resource. It's three pages, totally free, step-by-step guide. I've gotten a ton of feedback from it, and I'm so glad you guys enjoy it. And so uh, tell more people about it. Tell more people about the show so that way people can get that information. And uh, lastly, let's go ahead and wrap this up with our word of the week. 
So the word of the week is what I've been doing to just basically help people figure out, you know, a couple of business terms they've probably heard and they don't know what the hell they mean. And I'm here to explain what those words are. And so this week's word of the week is revenue. And I'm sure people have heard revenue before. I'm like, what the hell is that? What does it mean? How is it used? And so revenue, it is essentially the pot that all of your channels of money making go into. And so let's say you are a beauty bar that does makeup. I'll just use this because it's a really easy example. If you're a beauty bar that does makeup and your primary source is Faces, you book face, you beat faces, that's what you do. Now, if you are the owner, additional streams of revenue could be the booth rent that you're charging from other people. And then maybe you start to sell makeup, like actual, the products. And so that's another stream of revenue. And then maybe you start to teach classes. And so that's another stream of revenue. And so instead of just talking about the faces that you're doing, you're talking about the faces you're doing plus the booth rent plus the product sales, plus the classes that you're teaching. And all of that is your revenue. So that's before your rent, before, I'm sorry, before you take out any of your expenses, like, you know, your lights and the salaries and and the, and the supplies and all that. So that big number with all of those things, that's your revenue. So I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget to like and share and subscribe. You can find us every, thir- us, me, every Thursday uh, here grabbing a drink. So until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm out. I'm getting another drink. Oh.